May's sponsor of the Spamming Zero podcast is ttech.com. ttech is a customer experience firm that focuses on several different industries, but one in particular is retail and e-commerce to all of our listeners out there. Their website, again, if you need the phonetic spelling of that, it's tigertigerechocharlie.com, T-Tech. I love what they have on their About Us page. The power of big and the agility of small. They're a big company, but they have the agility to do a lot, just like a small company does. I also love it, the fact that they're in six continents, 50 languages, employees globally is 69,000, and their client MPS is plus 71. Pretty awesome. A couple of other things about T-Tech is they're customer obsessed, digitally empowered, and outcome focused. Some of the CX solutions they offer are customer care outsourcing. So if you need a BPO, they can be your partner. Contact center outsourcing, as well as CX solutions and strategy. Reach out to ttech.com. I'm James. And I'm Brian. And this is Spamming Zero. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Spamming Zero. I'm your host, James Gilbert, and I am joined by Jessica Rose today. Jessica, welcome. Hi. Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, especially with you. I'm so happy. <laughs> so, Jessica, uh, tell the audience a little bit about who you are and your experience and, and what, you, uh, what you can bring to the table today. Yeah. So besides dinner, what I can bring to the table. So I have been working in CS, CX, um, customer spaces for over a decade, specifically in D2C e-com, across different industries and verticals and things like that. But it's definitely my first love, um, for sure. My fiance joke, she's always like, I know I'm always going to be second fiddle kind of thing, um, which is really funny because it's 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 all I talk about. Like even in my everyday life, like things come up and I'm like, oh, um, so, you know, it's really been one of those things that really is the passion of my life for sure. I love it. You remind me the way that you just oh. responded actually reminds me a lot of a gentleman who we've highlighted on the podcast quite a bit, um, and talked about quite a bit And his name. His name was Jack Brooke, uh, Jack Lorenzen. Did you, did you know him? Mm. I didn't know him personally, but I of course knew, knew who he was for sure. The way that you just responded, reminded, reminded, reminds me mm -hmm. of him. That's exactly what he said. Uh, that's also <laughs> exactly what his fiance said, Jack, <laughs> to him. Really? Like to a T. <laughs> I never knew that. Really? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So in another it, life, yeah, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> well, that wasn't the purpose. We're gonna have fun on this podcast. So, mm -hmm. you know, Jessica, I always like to ask people on the show, uh, there's always different things that are happening around us. And mm -hmm. what's your hot take right now? Like what's driving you bonkers? There are two things that are driving me nuts right now. Um, and they're kind of, they kind of coexist together when they drive me nuts. If, if that's the easiest way to say it. The first thing is, I think there are so many wonderful voices in the CS, CX space, in the customer space. But I feel like sometimes people, uh, founders, brands, they look at certain people as like a North Star and they're like, well, if they're doing it, we have to do it. And I'm a firm believer that there is no one size fits all. And that's super frustrating to me. Like I have had consulting calls where they're like, well, he person said this. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like we can absolutely do it this way. But from my assessment, 
for you and your brand and your passion and your vision, this is what I'm seeing. And it's like the draw to just follow these LinkedIn posts sometimes, which again, the posts are amazing. The advice is solid, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And it kind of drives me up a wall because I'll see comments and they're like, oh, well, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it's like just off of a LinkedIn post. And then with that, it's kind of part of it is with like automation and AI, which is amazing, right? There are so many instances where it works. I feel like people are just, I was about to curse. I caught myself. People are just throwing stuff at the wall and like a lot. Oh, I can. They're just throwing shit at the wall. Right. And a lot of shit at the wall all at once. And what do you get with that? You just have a wall covered in shit. Right. So it's for me, AI and automation is something that you really have to look at and take time, just like with anything foundational for CS, right? Like your training mechanisms with your team, like your internal culture, like all of these things, your feedback loops, right? All of these things are, I'm so passionate about really looking at them over and over again. There is a wonderful woman, Brianna. She is the VP of CX at True Classic. And that is like her motto, like just break it apart every year, look at it and really audit it. And I love that sentiment about her. So while I think, you know, again, AI automation is incredible and can really work. I think having a hundred different things flowing at once is just absolutely breaking the customer experience and in general failing customers all over the place. These are going to be some good things that we can dive into. (laughs) We actually had Brianna on the show a little while ago and she gave us. I am out of the loop. What the heck? Yeah. You got to go listen to it. It is this like amazing framework of how she is getting her agents to be revenue driven and like how they measure. It was, man, it, I've never seen anything like it. It was so cool. Uh, anyway, Love her. I want to, I want to dive into this. Let's, let's first start with <laughs> your Uh-oh. first hot take. I myself believe the exact same thing as you. I, it drives me wild when I hear people say you're doing it all wrong or, you know, like, this is this is the strategy that you need to implement. Like I I absolutely despise it because those of us who have been around a long time and worked in many industries um, and different roles know that one size does not fit all. Like there yeah. have been things that I have tried as a CMO, and there have been hundreds of other CMOs that swear by it, and or things that I know work and they swear doesn't. And it works <laughs> or yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. um, so unpack, let's unpack this a little bit. What are some of the biggest things that you hear people say they, they need to do? And you feel like it needs to be more of like, hey, you need to be looking at this under the lens of like what your organization's pain is and how you can solve mm-hmm. it. God, I'm, I don't want to call anyone out because again, I think that there are so many great voices and it's not that those things are necessarily wrong. I'm nervous that if I get too specific, it'll be like, well, obviously she's referencing this, but I think it's around that AI and automation is a huge one. Like I see random numbers being thrown out. Like you should be automating 78.5% of your support organization. And I'm like, okay, like that's such an interesting number. I've seen 90%. I'll also see scales with like, as far as offshoring support teams, right? Like you need to be 60% internal and you know, whatever. And it's like, just let's all take a beat and really sit down and look at what works for us. Um, 
And I've also, you know, again, there's different opinions. Like, for instance, phone. I've seen huge things all over LinkedIn that everyone needs to be off phone. Phone is, <laughs> it's over, it's dead, which I think in a lot of ways, right, it's an expensive channel, telephony. And there are just a lot of, a lot of different opinions out there. But I've also worked for companies that our demographic was completely 100% over 65, right? Those people needed to be able to call in. It, it was that's that is the ecosystem, right? And I would be on the phone, talk about quality over quantity. I'd be on the phone for 45 minutes sometimes just hearing about this person's granddaughter or grandson or whatever. And it built this really amazing relationship and ecosystem that I don't think could have existed without having telephony. So this whole idea of like, you have to stop doing this. Like the future is chat GPT. You knew I was going to say it. Chat GPT is great. I think it's so cool. I saw this really crazy video of this guy who was in a fight with his girlfriend and didn't know how to reply and use chat GPT and they made up. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. I think there are tons of really good use cases, but it's all about the way you use things. Just like anything, our own internal skill sets, right? Like I think, we all need to take a breath and not just like dive full in on all of this stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We um, when we work with our customers, when it comes to like AI on the phone, the way that we like to do it here at Flip. And I don't love to talk about this on the podcast, as many people know that listen to us, but we'd like to break it off into bite sized pieces. There are like you can boil the ocean for sure. If you want to, you can go like build a, your homegrown voice solution and like you know, do a bunch of flows and all that fun stuff, which would take six months to do, or you can do it in bite-sized pieces. And we always like right now we're rec we, we, we recommend people like, look, if you're nervous about AI, that's okay. Like turn on, turn on like what we call listening mode. So just, just have our AI in the background and then it can tell you, Hey, this is what is, these are the intents that you're getting. This is what we could do to automate two of them out of the hundred that you got today. Yeah, so start small. One, right. And then, and then, and then scale from there. And almost all of our customers start that. So like when we, when we see, I think I, I saw a stat also that was very similar. IBM, I think was the one that gave the stat and they were like, um, 80% of all of your calls should be automated. Right. Or 80% of, of, of your customer inquiries should be automated. So it's like right around the line of what you were running into. It's a random number. Uh -huh. I know, right? Like, where do you, what did you, who did you pull? Uh, like, I hate seeing stats like that because <laughs> I'm like, like, where's the bias in all of this? Cause there always is. And like, I'll, I'll be, I'll be real with our audience right now. Like when, when it comes to like what we do with our customers, like a lot of our customers start off and they're, they're automating sometimes only about, about 10, 15% of their calls in their first like month right. or two. And then like six months into it, then, the, then it's like 25, 30. Um, and you know, we have some customers that have been on our product for like two years and, and they, they are like in a different vertical. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Um, but some yeah. of them are automating, like they are close to like 80, almost 90%, but that's, IBM it's, would it's, be stoked, it, but it's, but it's different, right? Um, yeah, one, it's one, it's a different vertical to AI in general and automation in general. It's got a long ways to go. You know what I mean? I think so too. Yeah. I mean, to me, if I can't guarantee that that automation or that AI is going to get it right every single time, like one, one customer that just is getting a subpar experience is one customer too many to me. So 
it's not about controlling the situation every time because I also really believe in just going for stuff sometimes and trying it out and seeing if it works. But at the same time, like I see a lot of fail interactions with AI automation, not all the time, but sometimes. But it's also, I think, because of the approach of how it's being implemented. 100%. And and also, like, there is a such a bad representation of what automation has done to the customer experience up until this point, right? That's true, too. That everyone has a very, very negative view, and rightfully should, (laughs) about that experience. Right. There is not a single person that I have ever talked to still to this day that loves calling the phone. So like to go to to go back to your point about how everyone's like, oh, just get rid of your phone. Well, let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. Um, You could get rid of your phone and I would be one of those people that hates you. Because I yeah. will, I would go through your chat and your FAQs and, and do your self-serve and then find that you didn't serve me at all and I need to call you and then you don't have a phone number, one. And then number two, like you're not open when I actually can call you and, and it's convenient for me. You force me down your convenience path. So right. it's it, it definitely requires a lens to look through and be, and understand like this is what's unique about your, our business and this is how we can tackle these things and sometimes the solution is going to be a full like we're going to have all four big channels to be able to support customers yeah sometimes it's not going to be it just depends exactly that you hit the nail on the head it's it really is i'm not anti-phone i'm not pro-phone necessarily i'm pro the best path for the customer for each individual brand and company in those circumstances. So, I mean, for me too, like when we talk about phone, I think it's, I think it's also kind of like ignorant to be like, well, deaf to phone. Like I think about my fiance who has severe dyslexia, like spelling and reading. She struggles so hard. Her trying to craft an email takes her, I mean, literally like 45 minutes, something that could take me three minutes. And she is like, I just want to call them. I hear it all the time. She's like, why can't I just call them? Can you do this for me? So it's like, it's sometimes it just doesn't work for people. And it, it really does depend. Jessica, I feel like we are literally on the same wavelength. Like for the record, Jessica and I have not talked about what we were going to talk about today. This is I know totally live folks. And I love the fact you brought up this situation. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I have been (laughs) on the rooftops yelling this and I'll be real with everyone right now. When you get rid of your phone, you just told the majority of the population that you don't care about them from an accessibility perspective only. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's, that's true. It is. If there's not another way that if it's only written, you're a hundred percent right. If the only thing you're offering is written communication, it's true. You really are kind of pushing that off. And just to give you a little bit of like, don't know how these stats were pulled, but some of the research that I've done. on IBM did a, just kidding. We're it not probably IBM wasn't IBM, example. but you know, there's a lot of research behind the fact that, like, you know, the disability community alone, right? Like you think about, you think about people like myself who had, who had, I went, I went blind for four years. I couldn't see anything. And really? You know, Oh yeah. This is why I'm really big on voice and really big on the phone because I couldn't do anything with text whatsoever. 
right? For a long time. And Am I living you, under a rock? Okay. <laughs> you have a massive amount of the world, by the way. And I say the world no, because no. I'm not talking about just the U.S. That can't read, period. And it's not even related to a disability. It's that they, they've yeah. never been given the proper education to be able to read because they haven't had the resources to do it. So you're also talking about yeah. a massive amount of buying power that exists. And I keep saying this, like accessibility is a huge part. We actually had, his name is Josh Basil. He came on and he is probably one of the coolest gentlemen that I've ever met. He's a quadriplegic. And he came on and talked mm. about how important voices phone whatever you want to call it but like we call it voice because it's like it's infiltrated in through everything that we do in our lives and he talked about how important that was like he couldn't yeah he can't do things even with his own kids without it like he can't yeah <laughs> you know he can't type with without it um and and there's a loyalty factor to these people when you provide an option for them they stay loyal forever. Totally true. So I love the fact you brought true. this up because <laughs> I was going to like no, and it's, uh, weave it in and see like what you thought about it. And no, it's crazy that you said that too because my stepdad is quadriplegic too. And he has a lot of tech. Like he's really on top of it. But yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Like he just won't buy things if he doesn't have a voice option because it's not. I mean, he literally cannot do anything but it's just too hard and it's not worth it to him so it's a really good point that I, I mean I don't hear conversations happening about this um, as frequently as they should so I'm really glad we ended up here for sure I want to also give the limelight to the text stuff too because it also serves a part of accessibility that voice doesn't for those that are deaf right? yes and so like I don't want to say if you're a brand yeah. out there you need to have all these options but like you need to figure out how to get them at least at a certain scale to provide an option for those that have these issues with support. Yeah, totally. Because when you can't provide them, you're losing business and you're losing customers. Yeah. It's a barrier to entry. I mean, your community suffers, you suffer. It's just not totally agree. Let's dive into the next little hot topic. Yeah. Tell me. I want to like break down something specifically that you mentioned and that's, you know, when you're, mm -hmm. when you're implementing a new project, whether that's voice, whether that's AI, whether that's a chatbot, what, whatever the project might be. You mentioned something very specific that I want to dive into. And maybe you can give the audience like some framework of your own that works really well. But that's yeah. training your employees and preparing mm -hmm. your staff so that they mm -hmm. can manage it. Mm -hmm. Why is this so important, Jess? Oh, man. Can I, call I you, mean, can I call you Jess? Is that you all right? Can, you can call me whatever you want. You call me Bob. It's all good. Whatever you want. <laughs> um, hardly anyone ever calls me Jess, so it's nice. To, like, it can be your own thing. I like it. Um, <laughs> why is it so important? I mean, I feel like it's right there, right? Like, we all know. And if we don't know, I mean, we can talk about it. But in agent experience, employee experience is customer experience, period. How your agents are doing, if they have access to information they need, if they are able point blank to do their job easy and as easily as possible, that is going to directly result in the customer experience. But even besides that, like what's the point of building this service centered, at least for me, this service centered organization, right? This department that is all about stewardship and service and customer, you know, you have a 98% CSET, everyone's happy, but internally your agents are miserable. What's the point? I, I don't see that there is one. And for me, when I look at tools, the customer aspect, yes. Does it 
does it provide something for the customer? Does it make their life easier? Does it, does it serve them in some way? Absolutely. Great. That checks that box. But if I look at it and I'm like, is it really hard for the agent to use it? Is it challenging? It's not robust enough. They can't navigate it. That's out of there. Like, I don't care how great it is for the customer. We can't do it. We're just providing roadblocks in or for our internal employees and our internal leaders to provide good service outwards. And I really do think it's an ecosystem and it's totally symbiotic within one another. I love that. I find it interesting because I actually kind of want to ask a question to our listeners that maybe mm-hmm. you can just like ask your own teams as they implement new technology. How many of you actually go to your agents and tell them, and coach them and like, hey, we are going to implement a chat bot. This is how it's going to impact you, right? Or you're going to implement this new AI technology and this is how it's going to impact you. Um, you're going to get more complex calls because we're going to automate the easy stuff. So you're, yeah. you're not, right? Like you're going to get more complex calls. Are you are you trained and ready to be able to answer yeah, these more complex calls? Right? I bet you and the majority of people out there, this could be a very wrong assumption, but I would... I think I, I think I might be right. I bet you there's more people than not that don't talk to their their uh, <laughs> their agents at all about it and just implement sure. it. And then they try to figure it out along the way. For sure. And that can be hard to, you know, there are some mornings I wake up and this is historical, not necessarily just at OneSkin, but in general, I've woken up and like a product has launched. Some new <laughs> technology was added. I knew nothing about it, right? And it's like, you know, to not to talk about Simon Sinek because I feel like within the CS space and within e-com in general, I feel like we talk about Simon Sinek a lot, but start with why. Like for me, I talk about why on the most basic level, like I'm rewording a macro. Let's talk about why I think that this is going to be more beneficial to get the point across than the old, the old macro. Like let's really talk about it. And we have these conversations a lot weekly, sometimes more than once a week. And it really does generate this culture internally within our department and within the company of just constantly communicating the why behind things. I never am going to be like, well, we're doing this because I said so. Like, it just doesn't work. They have, there has to be buy-in. They have to agree. Like they're not robots, they're people. And if we're going to also, and that's the thing with AI, if we're going to have AI and automation replicate our CS team, right? Okay. What are we replicating? Is there a foundation there of that kind of spirit in the first place? Or are we just having these two very seemingly different experiences try to coexist? Man, I... (laughs) I love everything you're saying on this on this episode. This is a this is a good one. I want to do something a little different. I am a big believer on our show. And if you've listened to us from the very beginning of the of of when we started spamming zero, you can see like we are constantly doing things different on the podcast. And the reason why we're doing that is because we want you to come back. We want you to learn like what's what's new that we're going to do. So we're going to do something that we've never done before on this episode. Are you ready? And we're going to do this more throughout future episodes. We are going to play a couple of little games. All right. A game. Okay. So have you ever like you do you know what a Mad Lib is? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've done a Mad Lib since I was like in fifth I'm, grade, but I know what they are. I'm going to give you a few sentences. And I'm going to, I don't want to say blank, 
and you're going to give me a word or a phrase that's that first comes to your mind. Okay. All right. Let's start with this one. Customer service is blank. Customer service is the most important aspect of a brand. Boom. All right. The brand experience is blank. Often underthought out. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. All right. Simon Sinek comes to you and says, what is your why in your role? In my role or in my life? In your role. Okay. Um, my why is to, is twofold. My why in my role is to serve anyone that I manage or anyone that I work with on a daily basis to the best of my ability and ensure that their life, it, their personal life and their professional life is as fruitful as as absolutely possible. And that our customers are not only getting what they need from us, but they're feeling a deeper connection to our brand why and to who we are on a daily basis and in every interaction. Now, what about your personal why? It's similar. Um, My personal why is definitely to walk through life, ensuring that every human I come into contact with is left better than when I found them. I really like that. That's a good one. Hey, thanks. (laughs) You just, I got to write it down because you just really made all of this happen. That was hard. Are we done? Can we be done with that? Nope, that was hard. Nope. Now we're going to oh, okay. switch. It's going to be a new game. Have you ever, I know this is an explicit uh, pod, podcast, but I try to not say the F word too much because my kids mm. listen to this mm. thing. Like my kids oh, actually God. listen to my podcast. I can't... That's really cute. I love that. I know, right? So I have to be kind of careful with the mm-hmm. moments that I have. Hi, James's um... kids. <laughs> Have you ever played the game? It's called F Mary Kill. Yes. My favorite Holy game. F- How the heck did you no know that's what I was going to say? Because you were like, I shouldn't say the F word. So I, <laughs> that's my favorite game. I love that game. Give it to me. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to do a little bit of a different spin on it to replace the okay. F word. We're going to do just sexy. Okay. So mm-hmm. what's sexy? And customer service. What do you love and what do you hate? Okay, what's sexy? What do I love and what do I hate? Okay, I absolutely hate crappy analytics and data funnels. Um, Drives me nuts. I hate when like a tool will be like, we're the best. We have all these robust analytics. And then I look at it and I'm like, this tells me nothing. I love customer feedback beyond in any shape or form and not just talking about like replying to CSAT or NPS or anything like that. I'm talking about like in the meat and potatoes of emails on calls, on chats, whatever it is. I love, 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 love feedback, negative feedback, all the same to me. All feedback is great feedback to me. And what do I think is sexy? That's such a funny question. Um, What's okay. Another way to think about it is, what do you feel like is the most innovative thing right now in customer service? Ooh, that's a great question. Can I plug a tool that I love? Yes. Please okay. Do. I also love Flip, and I think Flip is sexy too. But no, no, no. You, that's not right what I now, meant by please do. <laughs> I think Flip is really – I do think Flip is sexy. I love the way that it that it is. But right now, Hark. Sendhark.com. I think Hark is really sexy. That is such a weird sentence. I love it. Um, 
you really got me there. This is a good trick. Um, if you don't know, Hark uses like voice um, or sorry, audio and video to um, have customers submit customer support issues. And there's just something about it. It's, and I really am like such a CX nerd, right? Like on the back end, when the actual like support ticket comes in to the help desk and you have that video or that audio and there's all this context, like, I'm just like, Ooh, like it becomes so easy to answer that inquiry. And I really would define that as sex. All right. Now we're, we're going to do the flip Mary kill about this podcast. Ready? Oh, uh huh. <laughs> we might not put this in the actual episode. Who knows? We might cut this part out. It's mostly because I want to know, like, what what can we do better on this podcast? What are we doing mm-hmm. great? What do you really love, and what do you hate? Okay, let's see. What are you doing great? I love how casual this is like and how in the best way I mean that like I love how we just kind of like ran into it and we're having a conversation this was not staged at all right like we just (laughs) came in and started talking like I love that like I said before we started like I do this all day and I love talking about this stuff so it's so great not to like have this script where you have to overthink your answers it's like I think that's amazing and it really is more helpful to anyone listening watching because you get to like the actual root right it's not perfect there's no perfection about it it's just talking through things love that um the next one was what could you do better i would love for my background to be blurred i i hate that everyone has to see this like really bad this is like my office slash storage room slash guest room and there are always people in and out of my house um i'm like everyone's mom so would love if this could be blurred that's not really a you thing, though. But actually, we might be able to. My, I, Katie, like, make a note of this. Let's see if you can blur it for. Her. If you're watching this and not just listening, you already know Katie was regrettably not able to blur that background. Um. Okay. Sorry, I'm totally lost in the sauce now. Uh. What do What do I love? What do I hate? What was the third one? What do I like? You You gave us what would What would we What would we need to do to improve, and what would you kill? What would I kill off? Rapid fire questions. Um, I would, yeah, maybe. I would kill off Mad Libs. (laughs) Okay, we're killing off the Mad Libs, folks. This is the first time we've ever done it. I'll have a game. (laughs) I'll play a game all day. But the Mad Libs, I was like, I mean, I don't. It's Friday. It's a little hard. See, and, and normally I wouldn't actually just do that live with no prep i would send those i liked it ahead of time no that's cool like i like that you just did it it, I, it was a challenge it was fun but i'd <laughs> okay so jess couple more questions for you as we come close mm-hmm. to the end of the show i always like to ask all of our guests tell like to tell me about an experience that they've had with a brand that is just like crazy amazing Mm -hmm. so tell me about that experience for you yeah so this i mean i've had some really really good ones but the one that has always stuck with me is farmer's dog um they're a like dog food company um i love them so so much before i ever had given them to my own dog that i currently have right now we had a family dog schizo and he had been sick for a while not really eating and my our parents went off to italy my sister was in san francisco it was just me at the house i was watching the dog at our parents house 
And they ordered farmer's dog thinking, okay, he's going to eat it, you know. And it hadn't got there yet. The day before it was supposed to arrive, Kiko died. Turned out he had cancer. It was like, I mean, I'm talking my family came back from Italy. Like, this was, like, beyond devastating to our family. It still is devastating to our family. And, of course, that next day after he's gone, this huge box of farmer's dog shows up. My mom had spent God only knows how much money on it. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. She's like, this is ridiculous. And I was like, I'll just tell them, like, let's see what they can do. Not only did, was it, it was zero hesitation from them. They were like, we refunded you. Please donate that to a local shelter, which we actually took a lot of it. There was uh, a homeless encampment very near our house. And we took a lot of it and we're just like kind of every day giving it to the dogs there since it has to be refrigerated or frozen. So that was amazing. But they refunded us. They also sent flowers, which I've done this before, but they took it to this other level for me where I think we got a card from them like every two to three weeks checking in for like a couple months. Like, you know, <laughs> we're thinking about you. We, yeah, like naming the schizo by name, um, talking to my mom, Katie, being like, you know, Katie, we're just, you're just, we're just thinking about you. And we're so sorry that this happened. Like this is with just other little notes in there. And it really, and we still have all the cards and it just stuck with me that like, first of all, thank you for just refunding it and not making it a big deal. Thank you for sending flowers. So nice. And from books.com, which is the best quick plug for books.com. And then you follow up and you like check in on us by name. It was just, it was amazing. And I will always love Farmer's Dog and like buy it for my dog for the rest of my life. Not just because it's a great product, but also because of that experience. It really is a good product. We've used it a few times with our dogs. We have two little Pomeranians. It is good. Uh, oh, we like it. Really? Yeah. Two little Pomeranians, you say? L listen, okay, so it was... <laughs> I'm not judging you. The, so my wife, I love her so much. I am not a huge fan of like pets in the house i just have never like i didn't grow up like that so i didn't uh -huh. you know like it, it was a, it was an adjustment for me and right you know like we've got four kids too so it's a lot in the house yeah four can you believe that bless you bless, bless you <laughs> and and you know like we didn't plan to have any more kids but you know my wife had a pretty serious situation with our last kid and um you know, like being able to have kids anymore is out, out of the window for her. And so we got a Pomeranian because like it was sort of like a way of getting through that as like a little bit of emotional support to help. And then like <laughs> one year That's for Christmas, she decides to go get another one. <laughs> like for herself for Christmas or like for the family? For, for the family. <laughs> Right, 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 right. For the family, for you so specifically, every... James. This is for you. <laughs> so we've 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 got two. They are great. They they yap a little more than I'd like, but hey, that's okay. Um, I mean, they're quiet during the podcast, so that's all that matters. <laughs> I know. It's like, do they know? Yeah. Like that you. See, my dog's the opposite. As soon as I'm on a call or anything, he's like, "Yep, yep." Like it's like he's waiting for me to be busy. <laughs> Oh, all right. So this may be the same answer, but it, okay. I think it could, it could probably be different too. Tell me about like a couple of brands that you just consistently buy things from because you just love it so much. 
Great, great question. Wow. Um, chomps, for sure. Love chomps. They're so easy to work with. Like, uh, I buy from them also because, like, if there's any issue, I know it's going to be fine. Um, Brooklinen. And just has for years. I mean, forever. I, I The level of, like, no questions asked, we stand by our product is, like, impeccable to me. And they make it so easy to deal with. And then I feel like... I mean, I have a lot, but also, I mean, one skin, huh? No, um, mono's. You can luggage. say your own. You can say your brand. That's okay. Well, I mean, we're great, but I'm not, you know, going and buying every day. And that was technically the question, but and we are great. Check us out, oneskin.co. But mono luggage, I think, would be the other one. They're amazing. I love them. This is like the best luggage I've ever had in my life. I hope I'm getting paid for this. This is crazy. <laughs> um, but also their CS is like incredible. And the stuff's really expensive. Like one time um, I had like packing cubes, which they don't sound like they're expensive, but they are. And they just never showed up. And they were like, and they not only replaced them, but they sent double the amount that I ordered. It's like, sorry, you had to wait for these and travel without packing cubes. And I was like, oh, God, it's fine. Thank you so much. Like, it's great. I'm covered for life. <laughs> oh, I love these examples. This is going to be a really good podcast. This is going to be a good podcast. I'm excited about this one. I feel like Jess. you have to cut a lot out. It's going to be me like, hi, and then bye. Heck no. We're not cutting any of this out. Well, actually, I don't know. Katie will, Katie will decide. But Jess, you have been amazing on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for bringing your energy. You're the best. Thank you. It's so good to be with you. And this was so fun. So bring me back. Oh, we will. Don't you worry. Stay tuned for next week. We will see you very soon. And if you've not yet subscribed to the podcast, do so. We'd love to hear from you. Let me know what topics you want to hear about. See you next week.